there were eight dogs, six legs, and one nipple. <laughs> That's not enough. <laughs> oh, what a weekend. So anyway, welcome to another episode of Screen Fix, where we are going to fix a major film that is out currently in the theater or if you're listening a long time from now it's not out anymore (laughs) maybe you saw it on dvd i don't know when you're finding us i want you to find us now i want you to find us later i want to be timeless yes (laughs) we want to be timeless i am your host jc and with me as always are the co-hosts that carry the show say hi to everybody lady one hello and we have returning our resident scientist. She helped us fix Annihilation. She helped us fix Tomb Raider. She's back. She's a scientist. It is Doc Nay. Say hi to everybody, Doc Nay. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me. All right. This film, it is part of the CCU, the Conjuring Cinematic Universe, which includes Conjuring, Conjuring 2, Annabelle and Annabelle Creation, and now the fifth film in this series, and not the last, we'll talk about that later, The Nun. I had a series of visions when I was younger. And after each one ended, the same thought would be stuck in my head. What did you see? I saw a nun. visions reached the church and I was asked to accompany a priest to an abbey in Romania the abbey has a long history not all good what Callahan's here This, of course, is based off the character of Valak, the nun who appeared in Conjuring 2, the scary nun. This nun was also teased at the end of Annabelle Creation. There was a... Annabelle Creation sounds dirty. The nun was teased. Oh, the nun (laughs) was teased. Okay, so... (laughs) I wouldn't... It's way too early in the episode. Okay, okay, okay. It's way too early in the episode for this. Uh, anyway, just like the MCU, the CCU is also starting to throw in post-credit scenes, and there is also a post-credit scene of this nun at the end of Annabelle Creation, which was the scene where the nun is coming up the hall and the candles are blowing out, and then you barely see the nun face and uh, setting us up for this movie, The Nun. This movie was directed by Corin Hardy, who made his directorial debut with the 2015 horror film The Hallow, uh, which he also co-wrote. Most reviews pegged him as a promising horror director, but personally after seeing this, I think Michael Rothman of Consequence of Sound said at best, quote, Despite a number of supremely original sequences, they're all carried out rather predictably, cinching any warranted tension within seconds. And that sums up my view of this movie Damn. as well. It stars Taisha Farmiga, who is the sister of Vera Farmiga, who stars as Lorraine Warren in Conjuring and Conjuring 2. Hopefully they make some kind of connection there. They didn't overtly make one uh, in this film other than the fact that they both, uh, I guess, can... uh... Look identical. (laughs) 
Yeah. So like it's distracting. Yeah. Pretty much thought they were the same person the whole time. Besides the fact that they look identical, they also have visions. Also starring Damien Bashir and... French-Canadian Justin Timberlake. It's gonna be me. And (laughs) French-Canadian Jonas Bloquet. Or Bloquet. I I, I don't know. (laughs) I don't speak... He's uh, from Belgium. You don't speak French-Canadian? No, well, I don't speak bel- Belch. Yeah. Bel- Belgiumanian. Uh, his name is Jonas Bloquet, from what I can see here. Uh, he plays Frenchy, a.k.a. Maurice. And how are audiences liking this film? Do you have the fresh hot stats, Lady Wan? This movie is actually... 26% rotten, according to critics, and only 48% of audiences like it. Ugh. Why did it make so much scratch? I don't know. There's nothing else to do. It's like raining a lot. <laughs> <laughs> For comparison, the original Conjuring is 86% fresh. Uh, the second one is 79% fresh. Annabelle Creation was 80%, but Annabelle, just the regular one, is only 29%. So critics think that movie sucks. That's pretty much known as that that, that was a, a bad one, and they kind of course-corrected with Annabelle Creation. How much did this one make on its opening weekend? $53 million in the United States. Wow. Is that the largest opening that this franchise has ever had? Yes, it is. It made another $79 million overseas. Oh, my Lord. The first Conjuring opened to $41 million domestic. The second one was 40 Annabelle was 37 and Annabelle Creation was 35 So, yes, it is the biggest opening in the CCU. <laughs> We're going to get none too bad habits <laughs> for sure. Don't. Oh, jeez. <laughs> all right. So this movie is making all the money. Before we just dive into our fixes for this film... Let me go ahead and uh, give you a brief synopsis of the film. Here I go. Okay. It's 1952 and it is Romania. Two nuns are being attacked by some unseen force. And basically one of them is like, you know what you need to do. Because uh, they go to this crazy door and they're one of them is being sucked in. And she's like, you know what to do. And the other one's like, yes. And she runs to this window and she hangs herself. Flash forward. The Vatican's like, we're sending you, old dude. Damien Bashir, Father Burke, because you investigate our more... Uh, Fucked up things. Right. Interesting phenomena. But they also tell her to grab this girl who knows the area. And this is Sister Irene. Sister Irene has not yet been confirmed nun. She hasn't taken her vows yet. Right. She has not taken her vows. She is still a novitiate. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Ah. I remember something from this. They go to this Romanian village. They meet the delivery guy, Frenchie, and they go inside and a lot of crazy stuff just is happening, including the father getting dumped into a coffin and Sister Irene having a lot of visions of uh, nuns and craziness and things getting slashed onto her back. And then we end up at our conclusion, which which is... uh, (laughs) They end up in these catacombs, and the nun, or the demon Valak, ends up possessing Sister Irene, and Frenchie shows back up in a Doe Ex Machina, and uh, hits her with blood, and the demon comes back out, and the demon and Irene fall into a hot tub of water. She's being drowned, and she gets the blood of Jesus in her mouth, and spits it in the 
nun's face, and the nun is now cast back into this portal of hell that was long ago opened by a crazy duke who built the fortress, abbey, whatever you want to call it. Uh, there's also some World War II bombings that apparently reopened this thing somehow. So anyway, there's not a lot of plot to this movie. It, there's like a setup and then a lot of jump scares and then an ending. It's a difficult movie to even tell the plot of because nothing is going on in it. That is my synopsis of this movie. Have I missed anything in this in this synopsis, do you think? Yeah, like tons of stuff, but it's not helpful. Right, nothing helpful. <laughs> exactly. There's absolutely nothing else helpful. <laughs> The more detail you get, the more confused you'll get. You know what? If you are willing to listen to us improve this movie, you probably saw it or you don't care what happened in it, right? Yes, exactly. And you've probably seen The Conjuring 2 and you kind of know who Valak is. This does not do much to expound upon the demon nun thing other than it's trapped in a, in a chapel right now. That's it. And it needs a vessel to get out. The other thing you might need to know is that it's trapped there by the power of Christ. Like it's trapped there via powerful religious means anyway a lot of people work on movies we don't just want to you know just start tearing a movie apart people work very hard on these things why don't you tell me something that you liked about this movie lady one go ahead so i actually liked the humor in this movie like there were intentional jokes and light funny moments and they landed they were funny when they put their stuff on the back of the truck and then the truck drives away and he's like nope i'm taking you by horse like it's a silly funny moment there were a lot of like cute little jokes that made me feel better as I was trying not to pee my pants the whole time. Side note, the license plate on that car that drove off was Valak. <gasps> the demon has a truck. <laughs> the demon. Yes, the demon has his own tr- has his own car dealership. Is a license. There in 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 Romania. <laughs> it's like Valak Ford Romania. <laughs> he, he's like, "Hey, it's a hell of a deal." <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Doc Nay, tell me something you liked about this movie. Visually, I, I liked it. It was jumpy. It was scary. I was stressed out, which is usually a good sign of a, a horror movie getting to me. I also like the Romania presence. I've known a couple people that went to Romania, and they said that most movies that are trying to portray like historic settings will film in Romania because they don't have much infrastructure they don't have like the electrical poles and like all that background like technology that has come in like post-war era you don't get in Romania and so it makes for a really good setting to film a old old place cool it also looked really pretty there when it wasn't like you know being full of ghost nun zombies So 1950s Romania would have been like 1850s Romania. Yeah, that's kind of what Frenchie said. Yeah, right. Okay, uh, something I liked about this movie, I really liked the performances. I found our main trio of characters, Tyson Farmiga, Damien Bashir, and Belgian guy. French-Canadian Justin Timberlake. It's gonna be me. And French-Canadian Justin Timberlake, who's actually a Belgian actor by the name again of Jonah Bloquet. 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 Uh, Jonah Bloquet, I found those, I found our three main <laughs> characters to be very charming. I actually would like to see more adventures with those three, actually. Like, I like them that much as a trio. So I did like that. But uh, what do you think, guys? Do you think we should just, uh, I think we should jump in and... Uh, rip it up. Not rip it <laughs> up. 
Do you think we should? <laughs> Do you think we should fix this movie? Oh yeah, yeah. Let's fix it. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? You ready, Lady Wan? Yeah, that's what I'm here for. All right. How about you lay on us, Lady Wan? Your first fix. Okay, Sister Exposition, who's the nun who tells us all the background information. (laughs) She tells us that the demon originally came to be in this abbey because some crazy-ass duke way back in the day performed some ritual where he had like five dead bodies strung up over a pentagram and he's like draining them all of blood and like reading these incantations. He's doing a whole super crazy demonic ritual to raise this demon from hell. And the only reason it doesn't go through is because some crazy knights show up and they slash them all up and they shut down the ritual. Yeah. So that's why the demon isn't able to get through back when there were knights, whenever that's supposed to be. They look like Knights Templar knights too. Yeah. They look like, yeah. It's Monty Python style. Like, it's old. <laughs> they they use the holy hand grenade <laughs> to seal him in. Yes. <laughs> Basically. So that's the first time they're trying to get this demon through the portal from hell. And the knights stop it. But then the reason the demon is there now is because there were bombs during World War II that hit the abbey and it broke the foundation. And so the demon was able to get through. So to me, that's just silly because I thought it was like a spiritual portal, not a matter of like a firm foundation keeping hell out. Not like some old like bricks and concrete. Yeah. No, no, no. You don't have to worry about this place. There's a 14 inch foundation. No demons can get through. Like that that makes no sense. Some like contractor back in the day is like, this grout is demon proof. Yeah. Yeah. Those those headers do not meet demon code. (laughs) This place is up to demon code. You hear? I mean, everybody should really be looking for that when they're looking at real estate listings. Like, to is be this up to demon code? <laughs> <laughs> it's important to know. If a demon storm came through here, would it stand up? Like a cat four demon or yeah. like cat five? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So anyway, I was much more on board with this being a spiritual portal that involves rituals and chanting and whatever other weird creepy stuff is supposed to happen yeah that that guy had like people strung up he was straight up draining five bodies of blood into yes. a pentagram if he just casually. needed to take a sledgehammer to the floor it's ridiculous but it's way scarier if it's a spiritual portal that involves rituals and crazy stuff oh yeah so world war Two. Sure, fine. Let's stick with this timeline. Let's have some Nazis. Yeah. This abbey way back in World War II. And let's have them come across these ritual texts. And they've got prisoners of war. And they're killing them to bring this demon on through the portal and into the abbey. Like, it should have been creepy again. It shouldn't have just been like the bomb cracked the foundation. Like, that's what I want. I want Nazis performing demonic rituals. To raise a demon from hell. The Nazis were infamously looking for all kinds of like supernatural things, mythical things. Like they were all over the globe trying to recover these kind of strange things. This this makes, I, I like this. You could also say that because, uh, you know, the demon needs a vessel to right. get out. So maybe even the demon had possessed one of the German soldiers 
but the bombing happened. Mm, yes. So we can keep the bombings that still affect the structure of the building and make it all creepy and half-blown to smithereens. And that's why the demon is still trapped there until those nuns come later. Doc Nay, do you want to piggyback on this fix? That leads me right into one of my fixes. Actually, Lady One, there seems a, a lot of ambiguity between the method of transport or this whole vessel that Valak transcends generations. Is it blood? Is it a snake? Is it a portal? Is it something that's induced by chanting? What is it? I don't know. I think you're right. They didn't establish the rules of this demon. Yeah. And the thing is, is like this film does some very strange things. So... There are precedents set by the other films. So in Annabelle, right, the demon is transferred via blood dripping into like the face of this doll. Ew. So shouldn't it have stayed where it's blood? In, in you this want this one, to be a bloodborne demon as well. A bloodborne Catholicogen. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is. I mean, that's <laughs> one of the, like the, the horror film. <laughs> Uh, the 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 yeah. demons are stereo like they are categorized based on how they transfer yeah. or how they get into you or and the it, this one really played up the the snakes more than the other ones too. Yeah. Um, so many snakes. This yeah. one had the snake. They really grabbed onto that one line from Conjuring Two where she's like the the Marquis of Snakes, you know. Uh, so they made all the <laughs> snake stuff happen in this one. Uh, also, another really weird. Uh, inconsistency in this one is that in the first movie she beats Valak by discovering his name and the name gives her power to destroy him and send him back to hell like Rumpelstiltskin right yes it's just like Rumpelstiltskin <laughs> no, you're right Beetlejuice Be- Candyman yeah. well those bring him out but this there's words that bring things out and words that put people back in but uh it's funny in that movie yeah the fact that she knows his name is how she banishes him back to hell and in this one they know his name very early and they don't use it to banish him back to hell if that plot point is completely thrown out they just needed to look at the other films to figure that one out yeah, I think they needed to be consistent with the other films mm-hmm. and then also be consistent with the things that make people scared. So if I see a fake snake coming out of someone's mouth into another mouth, that's not so much scary. Mm-mm. But it, in the other con- the Conjuring movies and the Annabelle movies, it seems a little bit more realistic and it's scarier, that method of transfer. And so I think if they were one, consistent, and two, got rid of that fucking snake. Oh, <laughs> It's fine. We always put the explicit rating on it. Sorry, guys. Sorry, mom. Your mom's a listener? I make all my family listen, actually. Yay. Oh, my God. I don't even do that. (laughs) All my family in Michigan think I'm famous. I ask my family to listen, and they're like, no. (laughs) They're like, we've been hearing you for years. We don't want to hear more of you. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, unsubscribe. Yeah. (laughs) No way. (laughs) Like, we unsubscribe to you at age eight. (laughs) But see, in the Midwest, they think I'm famous. Like, you're on the radio. Uh, No, you're on the radio. Radio. (laughs) We're from the Midwest, yeah. Oh, you're on the radio. Now, everybody, come here and gather around the radio. So anyway, yeah, so like a a little bit of consistency with the other movies could Mm -hmm. have definitely served your fix way better. Mm-hmm. Do you think they were reaching too far with the plot that visually and the effects and the casting could have 
stood alone and that trying to tie it into the other movies made it a weaker movie oddly enough i think not tying it into the other movies enough made it weaker Hey, Jay, how are you going to fix it? So when Sister Irene arrives at this abbey, she interacts with a whole bunch of nuns, all of which are not there. And whether these are visions or their projections placed by Valak is never really revealed. Right, it's confusing. And there are ways that it's kind of covered up. The really scary nun that is like a mummy (laughs) says that the sisters have taken a vow of silence. And I'm like... Vow of silence, get it? They're all dead. (laughs) Oh, that Valak. (laughs) Anyway, um, (laughs) so if it's Valak messing with her, that's really lame. If it's visions, that's a little bit better, but I don't know what she learns from these visions at all, which is the other problem. So the only useful vision, I think, happens Mm -hmm. before she gets there. Yeah. Uh, A vision of Mary points the way. Right. So this is what I think. I think that she shouldn't be someone who has visions. In the other Conjuring films, I know that Lorraine has visions, but I think she should also have powers. I think she should be able to see ghosts and talk to ghosts. And I think that there should be other nuns there. But Mm -hmm. the nuns she's talking to are nuns that are dead. And her gift is that she can see messages from the other side. The Vatican sends her there because she knows the territory. Yeah. Maybe she doesn't know the physical territory, but she knows the territory beyond is is really what it is. And uh, the Vatican knows that. I liked the main trio. I wanted a Da Vinci Code national treasure style mystery with clues the older father has deep knowledge but is unsure of his faith Mm -hmm. due to losing that one boy irene can speak to the dead so she's constantly getting help from the dead around her frenchie is a shoot first and ask questions later type you know what i mean like i liked them as characters and you know rather it be valak the demon playing pranks on everybody for an hour which is what it was it was like basically i would rather it was a mystery to unravel and Mm -hmm. as they unravel the mystery it gets them deeper and deeper into the catacombs of this crazy duke's fortress now that they're in the catacombs and they're getting closer to the demon he can make them have visions or try to confuse them but they have to help each other and remind each other that it's just the demon it's not real the three together with perhaps some um you know some help from some ghost nuns that are still there and i actually thought that maybe the ghost nuns are actually in danger also because the demon can still hurt them because the demon is kind of of two realms yeah that is my fix for her powers and how she fits into the trio and how i would have just liked it to be more of a scooby-doo type mystery that leads them deeper and deeper into this crazy duke's labyrinth yeah i like that i like that a lot i think like pulling back the valak role towards the end would contribute to that like what you're saying you know like build up the mystery and then release valak instead of having him be like this chronic kind of boo character thanks doc nay you're welcome jay lady one why don't you hit us with your next fix so my second fix actually is going to piggyback right on top of yours, Ooh. just like Doc Nay did. So Father Burke finds those sacred texts that explain how to trap the demon back oh in hell. In the coffin. Yeah. He finds it in the coffin where the demon buried him alive. What? Demon? What are you doing? Why would you bury him right where the stuff is that he would have never found otherwise? Like, 
You trying to get caught? Man. It doesn't make sense. They never ever would have found those sacred texts buried under somebody from like 50 years ago unless the demon put him in the ground there. Yeah, that's true. The demon throws him into that box. He mm-hmm. finds books with all the info about the demon. <laughs> yeah, he finds the like how-to guide to the demon. He finds Valak killing for dummies. Yes. Like down, <laughs> down in this coffin that mm-hmm. the demon put him in. Yeah. No sense. Makes no sense. Yeah. We can't have this because it's nonsensical. So those books need to be found, but they have to be found in another way. So I want to piggyback on your fix and I want those ghost nuns to be trying to guide Sister Irene to finding these texts. I need them to be trying to help her find it. And that can be part of your National Treasure Da Vinci Code style set of instructions is they have to go find these books, but they shouldn't just be like conveniently under a coffin that he gets buried alive in. That's (laughs) ridiculous. It's so stupid. I can't even process how stupid that was. So that needs to be part of your treasure hunt style adventure in this movie. Like there's an entire graveyard of graves and they throw him into the one that has the books he needs. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh, yeah. And the only explanation for that that I can possibly have is that Valak was trying to get them to him so that she could possess Irene. But then why just punk them for an hour? Yeah, (laughs) she... She had so many opportunities to possess Sister Irene, or he did. I guess this demon is a dude. Sister Irene is just walking around this abbey as if it is not haunted as fuck, just like slowly turning around corners in no hurry and not at all afraid of anybody she meets. It's insane. There were so many opportunities for her to be possessed by this nun. They didn't need it to be like the finale moment. No, my fix going to piggyback off that one. I know it is. But I'll get to that later. What? <laughs> we don't talk about these beforehand. What are you talking no. No, wait. No, that makes us sound more prepared. (laughs) We come into these cold. We didn't talk about this over Indian buffet. That butter chicken. Fill my eyes with that butter chicken. Doc Nay, why don't you lay on us your second fix? So I have, being kind of like OCD personality, I've got little things that bother my attention span. I guess you Mm -hmm. could say. So the snake was one of them. It's a distraction for me. I think it visually, it didn't look great. It took away from the plot. And it was just like, ugh, I don't like this movie. And then how androgynous the nun was? Drag nun. Drag nun. Drag nun. So do you think if they made that nun like 10 years ago, she'd look a little bit more like Meryl Streep and less like... That's so mean because that's a real (laughs) female actress. That's... Is it really? Yes. It is, though. And when you showed me her picture, I was like, drag nun. Yeah, yeah. She was super scary. But like, like, (laughs) I don't know. It it was a little bit of a distraction for me. Like, just one of those moments where I was like, in it, in it, in it, in it. And I was like, why does she look like a man? Well, it's a male demon possessing a female nun. So maybe it could really be described as drag nun. All right. I'll get it. The other distraction for me was the (laughs) name of the character, Frenchie. It was so distracting. (laughs) I don't know. It was like this nice name. It just didn't, it didn't go for me. Like, were you getting like grease vibes? No, I wanted French fries. So how are you going to fix the (laughs) Frenchie thing? I'm going to call Frenchie like a real name. Yeah, but his name was the big reveal. Yeah, but like you can come up with a different code name than Frenchie, like Pierre or Guadalupe. Guadalupe? Guadalupe. Why? Why Guadalupe? Jesus. Okay, so so you had a problem with Frenchie being called Frenchie. 
Yeah. You thought it was a little too on the nose because he was French Canadian? Yeah, because he was freaking French. It was too much. Okay. I couldn't take him seriously. So the, the whole fact that he's French Canadian was shoehorned in to make it connect to Conjuring. So yeah, I mean, it's very awkward yeah. uh, that a French Canadian is just chilling in Romania in the 50s. So <laughs> would you rather he have just been a Romanian? Yeah, like um, Hans. I don't think Hans is Romanian either. I don't think so. All right, what are some common Romanian names? Go ahead. Vasile. Oh, Vasile, yeah. Constantine. That's a really good one. And that, that makes sense. Andre. Andre, yeah, these make sense. Mihai. Yeah. Nikolai. I mean, I mean Nikki. Alexandru. Alex. These are just names that are just- George. Get a Romanian <laughs> twinge, right? They're spelled That's, really, really extra. You basically just said Nick, George, and Mike, uh, Alex, <laughs> and Mike. Like, did you think that Frenchy or anything? Do that? Did that distract you at all? No, I liked it, but I didn't know it was a tie-in, so it it didn't feel anything to me. Yeah, I didn't care that that his he was called Frenchy. Um, no, I thought it was cute. I did find it strange that he was in Romania and he was a French Canadian. It's it's definitely shoehorned in. Yeah, that's good because he was an outsider, so he would have been called something different than a yeah, Romanian. Yeah, and he like yeah. went with something that sounded way sexier than what he actually is, which is French Canadian. He's like basically says that in the movie. I'm not putting words in his mouth. That's so terrible. Yeah, no, French is way sexier than French Canadian. Can you can you name one sexy French Canadian? No, I don't like French Canadians. What? That's terrible. Like, by rule, like I won't go to the Canadians game when they come to town. I will not go. What if we have French Canadian listeners? There's no way they would listen to this. They'd be like those stupid americans that's not true at all yes it is i don't like french canadians we have canadian listeners we probably have like the cool canadian kind but we don't have the french canadian kind i would like to apologize on on behalf of screen fix podcast i would like to say in french vous avec moi ce soir. suck it quebec Um, does anyone else have one last fix? I do have one final fix. And this this is my final uh-huh. fix. So this kind of ties into The Conjuring. Valak possesses a farmer. Yet later on in this series, Valak is a nun when we get to Conjuring 2. Mm-hmm. The nun is the demon Valak. And he's only a nun because he possessed a nun. Mm-hmm. In his actual appearance in the real texts, the Goetic Grimoires of the Lesser Key of Solomon... This is a real thing. Shit, y'all. He's a winged child riding a two-headed dragon. In The Conjuring 2, when she says his name and banishes him to hell, he's revealed as a horned demon when Lorraine cast him back to hell. He should look like a nun if he possesses a nun. So this movie needs to end with that demon possessing the final nun at that chapel. This is a little bit of what I think should happen in the in in the movie to make this be a nun. So halfway through the film, I think Irene should get possessed. Like halfway through the film, not wait till all the way at the very end. The demon needs Irene specifically because she's a conduit between two worlds. She can talk to dead people and she's a, obviously a person. So she can help him get through those traps that are keeping him in the chapel. Once he possesses Irene, he's a demonic nun, and he descends upon the town, and the town folk know about the history of the chapel, and they've seen this before. They've got contingency plans for this. They full-on protect their town with shotguns, torches, and there is an amazing fight between the town folk and this nun demon. And it's these town folk that actually point the priest to the relic which 
he sees there's a statue in town of Mary pointing to this cellar door. And in that cellar door, they find that blood of Christ. And this all happens in the middle of that town. The blood of Christ is how they incapacitate the demon enough to hold the demon down and exercise Irene out. The priest is trying to exercise the demon from her, which calls back to his failure exercising the young boy. She's young. The young boy was young. Mm -hmm. He needs to overcome his insecurity, his fear. He doesn't want to kill her like he killed the boy. And it's dramatic and it's wild. And at the end, there's actually a confrontation between our three characters and Valak, but in his frightening demon form. And they think that they've cast him back down. But now that the chapel's safe, there's an ending scene where a new set of happy nuns have entered the convent, which is now a safe, God-loving place, but one is being slowly tricked down into those same dark catacombs. And then we get that hallway suction scene, door open, sucking a new person in, and it's a nun. And that's why later on in the series, we get a nun as Valak because he possesses a nun. And I want Irene to not be the final nun because I like that trio and I want to see more adventures with those three with Father Burke, Sister Irene, and Frenchie. I want them going on more adventures through 1950s Europe or wherever they they need to go. I want them to be basically our Warren couple, but in the 50s and also fighting against demons and evil entities, maybe even minions of the nun across this uh, European landscape or or even the world. Because I I like those characters enough to where I want to see them again. I like it. Action, excitement. These are the things I crave. And you're not a Jedi? I'm not. <laughs> In this case, I'm a Deadeye. It's a, it's a <laughs> horror movie. So, now that we've gone through our fixes, does anybody have any final thought for this film? Do you have one, Lady Wan? I hate scary movies. <laughs> I actually want to hear... Okay, you really hate scary movies. Like, I do. To an insane degree. I want to hear your experience watching The Nun. You saw it in a theater. You saw it by yourself. Yeah. You sacrificed for screen fix. I never stopped giving. <laughs> I want to hear about your experience. I would say that I have never seen a true like horror movie in the theater before this. I did see A Quiet Place for Screen Fix, but again, like not because I wanted to for Screen Fix, but that's like a thriller slash weirdly a family movie that had like emotional beats to it. This was just a straight up like a Halloween Horror Nights haunted house in theater mode. This at times felt like four episodes of American Horror Story. Which I also can't watch, so I don't know if you're telling the truth or not. I totally agree. You're right, yeah. My parents let me go on the Alfred Hitchcock experience at Universal Studios when I was like nine, and they showed the shower (laughs) scene from Psycho, and I legitimately showered with the curtain open until college. I am easily frightened. I'm not excited about having all these visuals in my head from this movie, even though it's not actually that good. The with the bags over their head and the dead nun who's sitting up now when she was lying down before like a thousand times no i hated all of this stuff it was awful i like chewed on the sleeve to my hoodie the whole time it was awful awful did you throw the hoodie away on your way out no it's like a safety blanket that needs to be your horror hoodie for the rest of time 
It is. And I better never have to go see another one again. Oh, in the course of Screen Fix, you will. I'm definitely going to have to see Halloween. I know that. You will. <laughs> that sounds so gross. That just sounded like someone hawking a lug. That yeah, didn't even sound yeah, like gross. That was not demony. <laughs> that was not demony at all. I'm sorry no. about that. Uh, do you have any final thought, Doc Nay? Oh, I liked it. I also thought it was the best combination of potential relatives in a movie because the Flamingo sisters look so much alike. They're 20 years apart. And they look beautiful. And I, I think they were spooky and beautiful, graceful, intelligent the whole way through. And I, I thought the casting was really great and the character development was great. I am curious to see about the sequel because they're, they're definitely leading up to it. And uh, I, I'm curious to see. I do want to dust up on my Conjuring and Animal movies prior to the sequel. Maybe that's a requirement i think yeah they don't have a sequel set to this one yet i'm sure that there will be but they do have another movie coming out in the conjuring franchise and that is going to be a spinoff based around the character of the crooked man he was very similar to slender man yes but uh he was this like crooked man who had a hat pulled over his face and the kid was afraid of him based on a real nursery rhyme is actually the next movie a gentleman by the name of mike van wace has been hired to pen the script from a story by james wan and uh, when that comes out you'll hear about it here on screen fix <laughs> so without further ado I, I guess we should just consider this movie screen fix there's an owl in here Send us home, Lady Wong. If you'd like to reach us here at the show, you can send an email to screenfixpod at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at screenfixpod. You can listen to the show on Spotify, Stitcher, Libsyn, Google Play, or of course, Apple Podcasts. If you're enjoying the show, please rate, review, and subscribe, and tell a friend. We also have a Patreon account where you can donate to the show. We've got different tiers. Uh, we have plans to keep the show going for a long, long time. We also have bigger plans for opening a one-screen theater to be the home of podcasting, movie marathons, film festivals, and awesome stuff like that. So check it out, please. All right, why don't we send everyone off with your best... What should it be? I think we should just do Bok Bok Bitch every episode. <laughs> with your best demonic sound that would scare you in the night. No. Go ahead. Doc Nate, go. It's a small it's world a small after, after all. That's a t- <laughs> Disney <laughs> is the devil, so I guess that counts. Here's my demonic sound. Lady One. No. I'm at the foot of your bed. No. You have nice toes for me to eat. I just sound like Gollum. Let's yeah, not. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I just sound like Gollum. Okay. I'm not going to make you do it, Lady One. I know that this scares the crap out of you. You have been a trooper. You have been a true screen fixer. I don't think anyone out there understands just how much she is afraid of horror movies. We're going to give this one up to you. I feel I feel like I just got a participation ribbon. <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll be back next week. We are going to have our fix of The Predator. That I'm excited for. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.